You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, this morning we are concluding this four-part series. The past few weeks we've been talking about this concept of making change. And I'm really excited about what God has been doing and what I believe God's going to continue to do is we've been talking about like real-life stuff. Uh, how many of you know money is like something that affects every day of our lives? We wish it wasn't true, but it is a reality. Um, and we have to deal with money. And what I've come to discover is the way we handle money really has an impact on the life that we experience. Um, therefore, it's really important that we manage well, that we steward well what God has entrusted to us. Uh, I mean, if we're honest this morning, I think there would probably be a lot of folks in the room today who were who would say, I'm sick and tired of living this way financially. I'm sick and tired of the financial pressure we have in our lives and for our family. And what I believe is that God in His Word gives us guidelines, gives us truth that can help us bring lasting change, transformation as it relates to our finances. Amen? But what you got to know is that truth alone will not change your situation. Right? Always remember, it's not information that brings transformation. It's application of the information that brings transformation in your life. So my hope is, as we've been talking about this for like the past three weeks, now four weeks, that it's information that you're really putting to work. Because in this series, we've been talking about four big ideas. And I I want you to say these with me again this morning, because we're trying to get these big ideas like down into our hearts like deep into our minds to shape the way we think and act and relate to money. So say these with me. The first week we talked about what? Less is more. The second week we talked about? Stress is bad. Financial stress is bad. Last week we talked about? Giving is good. Today we're going to talk about this. Tomorrow matters. So in case you were not here, one of the weeks, just a quick summary. First week we said that less is more. And Solomon says better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with chasing after the wind and turmoil. Therefore, we, we say less is more. The second week we talked about stress is bad, specifically financial stress. The scripture says that the borrower is a slave to the lender. Man, it creates stress in our lives. Last week we talked about giving is good. Matter of fact, Jesus said this. He says it's better to give than to receive, right? Now, how many of you know receiving's not bad, right? We said that receiving's not bad, but Jesus would say it's better to give than to receive. Giving is good, and because giving is good, last week we talked about three steps to grow in generosity. Why? Because giving is good. First, we said we need to trust God in the tithe. Second, we said we need a, a we need to plan our generosity. We need some strategy around our generosity. The third thing we said is this: uh, we're gonna we're gonna give now. We're gonna be generous now. We're gonna wait, we're not gonna wait till another day, a better season. No, we're gonna begin to practice generosity today. And so, as we wrap this series up today, we're gonna talk about this concept that tomorrow matters. We don't want to be those who are just thinking about today, living for today. But we really want to be thinking forward. We want to be be planning forward. Now here's one of the the challenges we face uh, as it comes to or as it relates to 
tomorrow matters. Here's the challenge we face is we want it right now. Right? We are the generation of instant gratification. We want it now. Now, for example, if you're my friend and I text you, I expect to see bubbles like really quick. (laughs) Why? Because we're friends. I expect it now. If I'm watching a movie on Netflix, I don't want it to buffer. I want it now. If I'm watching my favorite TV show, I don't want to wait to next week for the next episode. I want it to roll right into the next show now. If I'm ordering something on Amazon on my phone, I want free shipping and I want it in two days and it'd be better if I could have it now, right? And that's the way our culture has conditioned us to live for the moment, to live for the day. We want it now. Yet here's the reality. Here's the truth, folks. Tomorrow, tomorrow really matters. Look in there to your notes. When we recognize that tomorrow matters, it will change the way we live today and it will change the way we handle money. When we recognize that tomorrow matters, this is what's going to happen. We're going to begin to live with greater discipline. We're going to be able to, we're going to begin to live with like intense focus. We're going to have some intentional strategy. Why? Because we believe that tomorrow matters. Now, I'm not encouraging you. I'm not promoting this morning that we hoard money. I'm not promoting that, that we be greedy or that we, that we allow greed to motivate us. But I do believe that we should honor God with what He's entrusted us with. And if we're going to do that well, then we need to be thinking forward. Because tomorrow, tomorrow really matters. But again, one of our greatest challenges is this whole instant gratification. I mean, the gratification of wanting it now, wanting it today. And when we live like that, when we're driven to the now and we're living for the moment, this is what happens. It creates pressure in our lives and pressure in our finances. And how many of you know, when finances are bad, life's usually what? Bad. It's true. Financial pressure, stress, when you have that, life is, is bad. Interesting. Let me give you some statistics that I speak, I think speak of the challenge of our culture, the challenge of our time. Although, although we live in the most affluent society in human history, 85 out of 100 Americans have less than $250 available in their savings account when they retire. Think about that for a minute. Not counting specifically their retirement funds. I'm just talking about their savings account. That means that for 85 out of 100, 85% of Americans will spend, if they start working at 20 and they work until they're 65, 45 years, that means they average saving $6 a year in the span of their life. 85% of Americans. CNN had an article recently that said 76% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. If they were to miss one paycheck, they're immediately in crisis mode. In the event of a loss of job or some big emergency, um, the average American is like three to six weeks away from bankruptcy. I mean, that's like, man, the culture we live in. Listen, to be short-sighted is this. To be short-sighted is to invite poverty to come and camp out where you live. To not have a plan, to not to be thinking forward is what? It's inviting poverty to come and be your friend. To come and camp out 
at your house. Now, uh, let me clarify. I, I do understand um, that not everyone is in a season where you can save. And I want to be sensitive to that because I don't want you to walk away feeling like, wow, the pastor put a great guilt trip on us today. So I do understand for some of you, simply to, to pay the bills every month is like a huge celebration. For some of you, maybe as single moms or single parents, I mean, you're like month to month, and you're just, man, I'm hoping you can make it. And there's not like extra to save. I understand that. Or maybe there's some of you who would be here today that you're underemployed. We're, we're glad you have a job, but the job that you have is like, man, you're barely getting by, and there's like no extra to save. And I, I understand that season as well. But this is what I would want you to know today. Remember this. It's only a season. There's a better season coming. Amen. It's only a season. And when the season changes, I would encourage you, remember that tomorrow matters. When the season changes, remember, you need to be thinking ahead. You need to be planning. You need to be planning ahead. So we want to be those who live with wisdom in regard to our finances, again, because tomorrow, tomorrow really matters. So let's look at what Solomon had to say about money and about tomorrow. It's there. These verses are there in your notes. First, Proverbs 21, verse 20. It's on the screen. Let's read this together. Would you read it with me? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So what are the, what are the wise have? Wealth and luxury. In other words, they have what we want, right? So this is what I know about everyone in the room today, is that we would all like to have more than we presently have. Come on, right? Come on. Don't, some of you are looking so holy. Listen, you, you, you're just like me. But we would all like to have a little bit more than we presently have. Listen, there's nothing wrong with wealth. Wealth is good if you know why you have the wealth. What gets you in trouble is when you don't understand the why. I think it's really sad today that wealthy people in our nation, wealthy people in our community kind of takes, they get a bad rap. And I, you know, I think we should celebrate wealth. Listen, how many of you know it's a whole lot easier to do good when you have something to do good with? Come on. Isn't that true? Listen, if you don't have anything to do good with, it's hard to do good. So having wealth is not bad, but notice what Solomon says, the wise have wealth and luxury. But notice what fools do. What do they do? They spend everything they get. How many of you know what happens when you spend everything you get? What do you have left? Nothing. Exactly. Spend it all. Not thinking about tomorrow, living for the moment, living for the day. You're inviting poverty to move into your house to be your friend. Let's look at this second passage of Scripture. I think it's interesting that God would take a little insignificant insect, the ant, to teach us educated, sophisticated human beings. Notice what the Scripture says about the ant. Let's read this. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Read this with me. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. What does the ant know? The ant knows this. Tomorrow matters. What does the ant know? The ant knows that winter's coming. 
The ant knows that there's seasons of abundance and there's seasons of scarcity. Has no leader, no overseer, yet it's gathering provision. Why? Because tomorrow matters. So what's God saying to us? He's saying, live like the ant. Matter of fact, encourage your neighbor this morning. You've got to say this with a smile on your face, but turn to your neighbor and say, hey, live like an ant. Go ahead and tell them. What do we want to do? Yeah, that'll work. Just when you go to lunch today at a restaurant and someone asks you, well, what did the pastor talk about? You can say, he told us to live like a bunch of ants. That's what, I mean, that's what the scripture says. Because well, we're, we're, we're thinking about tomorrow. Because tomorrow matters. And then in Matthew 25, another interesting passage of Scripture that I want to camp out at for just a moment that addresses not only the earthly, the material, but also the eternal. Jesus tells a parable, and I want to summarize the parable and then read just a couple verses for you. But in this parable, there's a wealthy man who has a lot of goods, and he's going on a trip for a season of time. He calls his servants and he entrusts his goods to them. The first servant, he gives five talents, or depending on the version you read, five bags of gold. The second servant, there's two bags of gold. The third servant, there's one bag of gold. He's gone for a season, then he comes back after some time has lapsed, and he, he calls his servants to accountability. He wants to know, what did you do with what I entrusted to you? Well, the servant that he gave five bags to comes so excited. He says, hey, I invested your money wisely and I doubled it. You gave me five, here's five more. To the one that had two, same thing. He says, well, master, you gave me two bags. I invested it wisely. Here's two more. And as I read the story in my mind, the servant who had the one bag, who dug the hole and buried it, Wasted it. Wasted the opportunity. Was not thinking about tomorrow. He just wasted what God had entrusted him. When, when I read this story, it's like, I think the servant's coming. He's got this one bag of money and his head's down. Because he knows that he's not managed well. I want you to listen to what Jesus said to the servants in Matthew 25. To the two servants that invested well. Two servants that had the five and the two. Jesus said these words, Matthew 25, verse 23. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. What? They were investing forward. Jesus calls that what? Faithful. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then to the servant who had the one bag of gold that he buried in the ground. Listen to what the scripture says. Verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Now it's from this parable, the parable of the talents, that I think we can learn 
three things, or there's three points of insight. The first is this. We have the two servants who are applauded and rewarded because they were thinking forward. They were rewarded because they were faithful. They were rewarded because, again, they were looking forward. They were investing well. And then we have the one servant that's rebuked. Why was he rebuked? Because he was not thinking about tomorrow. Jesus calls him not just like unfaithful servant. He calls him a wicked, lazy servant. Why? Because he wasted the opportunity. He was granted opportunity and he misused it. I think it's interesting that God says this. And he's going to reward those who are faithful. Those who are thinking forward, those who are saying, well, tomorrow matters. i got to get a plan. I'm working my plan step by step, little by little. What's that called? It's called faithfulness. Because the Scripture says to the one who's been faithful, God says, whoa, I can trust them with even more. And you're faithful with that. Again, we're not hoarding, we're not greedy, we're not holding on to, we're blessing others. But God says, whoa, they're faithful. I can trust them with more. And it's all about living forward, thinking forward. It's all about this tomorrow matters. And because tomorrow matters, I want to talk with you about how you can make money. And I want to give you some investing principles. First, let's talk about how do you make money. There's two ways you can make money. The first is what we all do, what we're all familiar with. And it's this, people make money. You have abilities, you have gifts You go to a workplace and you work 40 hours, 60 hours or whatever. And as a result of your work, what do they do? They give you compensation. They pay you. What is that? It's people making money. Nothing wrong with that. It's honorable. Matter of fact, I think work is worship. Work is a blessing. There's nothing wrong with that. That's one way that people make money. And that's how most of us think. Well, I'm going to work and I'm going to get money. Here's a second way that you get money, and it's money-making money. In other words, money's working for me because I've been thinking forward. Money's working for me, and money's making money. Because that's, that's exactly what happened in the, in the parable of the talents. I mean, if you look back to verse, to verse 16, listen to what Jesus said about the individual who had taken the five and invested it. Scripture says the man who had received five bags of gold won at once and put his money to work. And what did he do? What did he do? He gained bags more. He gained more money. Money making money. Now again, there's nothing wrong with either. I mean, we can have people making money. I think that's good. But we also want to leverage this money making money. And the only way you can leverage money making money is this, is, is if you have a plan. If you're thinking forward, if you really believe tomorrow matters, then you can leverage the goods that God's given you that it can become even more. Again, not so you can have more, but so that you can in a greater way be a blessing to others. So I want to give you really quick, next few minutes, I want to give you three um, biblical principles for investing. Three biblical principles for investing. Now, here's my disclaimer. I am a what? I am a pastor. I'm not an investor. Okay? You don't want me investing for you. I'm, I'm not an investing specialist. 
Um, you know, I invest in things like cows and chickens, right? Not like real estate, stocks, bonds, commodity, whatever. So you don't want me investing for you. However, I think it's interesting that God's word gives us biblical principles about this thing called money that he's entrusted to us. Three broad biblical principles that can guard you and guide you as you think about investing. Because again, tomorrow, tomorrow matters. So here's, here's the first principle. Don't invest in things that you don't understand. Don't invest in things you don't understand. Way back in, in 2001, I was reading an article... And in this article, the author of the article was talking about a company. Maybe you're familiar with the name of this company. The name of the company was Enron. And I'm reading about this company in this book, and they're talking about how this company has just exploded. They, they showed the years of the growth, and they talked about individuals who invested at this point. Now they had this much money because the company had so exploded. And, and like, I could make 30 to 35 percent return on whatever money I invested. It was going to be great. However, here's the problem. I knew nothing about Enron and I knew nothing about stock. I know about livestock, but not that kind of stock. But I thought, my goodness, if everybody else is making that much money, I should like get on board. Why would I mean it would be foolish I mean, if it's that easy, all I have to do is buy stock. However I do that, I don't understand that. But however I do that, so that's what I should do. And then I could, like, have lots of money. Now, the good news for me that, is that God protected me in my ignorance. Before I could pull the trigger, December 2001, possibly you'll remember this, a $63.4 billion company crashed. And praise God, they didn't have any of my money when they crashed. But I was about to invest in something that I knew nothing about. And it would have been a really foolish decision. So first principles is don't invest in what you don't understand. Listen to what Solomon wrote. Listen to his wisdom. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4 says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare treasure. Notice, by wisdom, through understanding, through knowledge. In other words, if you want to build a house, what do you need? You need wisdom. You want to build a healthy family. What do you need? Wisdom. You want to build financially for the future. What do you need? Wisdom. Listen, anything that you want to build in your life of value is going to require what? Wisdom. Solomon says, hey, get, get wisdom. Grant gain understanding that can guide you as you're thinking forward about finances. And bad investments can wreck you, wreck your life, wreck your family. So don't invest in the things you don't understand. It, it, listen, if you can't explain it, don't invest in it. Really simple. If you can't explain it, don't invest in it. Because some sometimes. Sometimes the best investments are the ones that you don't make. So you don't make. So what we're going to we're going to guard ourselves. We're not going to invest in things we don't understand. Here's the second biblical principle is this. Don't put all of your eggs in the same basket. Now amazing, your grandma said that, right? 
And the Bible says it too. Grandma was pretty smart. She was right on it. She was saying what God's word says. But you want to diversify. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Listen to what Solomon wrote. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 2. And some of you are like, wow, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. Listen to what, listen to what God says. But divide your investment among many places for you do not know what risk might lie ahead. So what does that mean? It means this. We're not putting all of our money in one place. We're not putting all of our money in Enron, right? We're not putting all of our money in stocks. We're not putting all of our money in real estate. We're not putting all of our money in commodities or or whatever. Basically, Solomon's saying, hey, spread it out. Diversify. Diversification protects you and positions you to grow your investments in different seasons. What we want to want to diversify now. Then this is going to kind of be like be fun and gross at all, gross all at the same time. Um, but you got to work with me on this. Money is kind of like manure. Come on, you can't get this anywhere else in the Lake Norman area. <laughs> Money is kind of like manure. Think cow manure. If you pile it up, what happens? It just smells, right? It just stinks. But if you take that same cow manure and you spread it out over the pasture, it acts like fertilizer. And what? It makes things grow, right? That's what we want to do as we think about what God's entrusted to us. We don't want to put it all in one pile. We want to spread it out so that it can grow. We want to diversify so first, the first thing we, we've discovered here is we're not going to invest in things we don't understand. If we can't explain it, we're not going to go down that road. And the second is, is, is we're not going to put all of our investments in one place. And here's the third biblical principle on investing. It's this. Don't try to get rich quick. Don't fall prey to the idea that like there's this one big investment you're going to make and you're going to be set for the rest of your life. Now, I'm going to spend a little longer on this one because I think this is where most of us are challenged because the reality is is we we would all like to have more than we presently have. And if we could have it our way, we would have it quick and easy. Right? Are you with me? We all want more than we presently have. Go ahead and raise your hand because that's you. We all want more than we presently have no matter what we have. We would all like to have a little bit more. And we'd rather not sweat for it. We'd rather have it what? Quick and easy. And because that's a reality, here's an area that we really need to be cautious about. And that we're we're not going to fall prey to the get-rich-quick schemes. Listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy as he's mentoring Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.9 says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So when you're greedy, you're not objective. When you're self-centered and you want it all now, you don't make wise decisions. What happened? You, you, you fall into a trap. You end up getting like in trouble. 
And we're going to guard ourselves from these get-rich-quick schemes. Let me tell you a couple stories to illustrate this. The first story, I'm not going to give you names to protect those who were a part of this real happening. But there was a man who came to his friend and says, I've got an unbelievable investing opportunity. I mean, like, this is like, it's going to make us millionaires. It's unbelievable. Do you want to get on board with it? The man, or the friend asked the man, well, tell me about it. He says, well, I I really can't explain it. Ding, ding. There's warning number one, right? He went on to say it's an international investment. Ding, ding. There's warning number two. It's going to, and then he said, hey, it's going to pay out every month. Ding, ding. There's warning number three. So the friend said, well, you know, if you could explain a little more about it, then maybe I, I would have interest. He says, well, I've seen it and I know it's real, but I really can't explain it. But he says, this is what I'm, 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 I'm so convinced. He says, this is what I'm doing. I'm borrowing 50000 from my dad. And I'm drawing 50000 out of my home equity, 100000 And this is what they told me is that I would get $20,000 a month return for the rest of my life. I said, is that not unbelievable? Yeah. <laughs> if it sounds too be good, if it sounds too good to be true, what? Probably is, right? Well, the friend tried to talk the man out of it, really. He said, please don't do this. Please don't go down this road. Please don't borrow money from you. Please don't make this investment. But he was so convinced that he was just going to, I mean, have more money than he knew what to do with. He was already planning the vacations, planning the trips. He invested the 100000 and lost it all. All. It was all gone. Here's a second illustration, a second story, and I mentioned this, I think, maybe three weeks ago. But four years ago, there was a gentleman who showed up in my office and uh, had heard from God. I mean, this was, I mean, directly from heaven. And he wanted me to be a part of, he wanted me to bring the church in on this deal that was going to make us so much money. I mean, we'd be out of debt. We would have money to do kingdom initiatives around the world. It would be unbelievable. And he began to tell me about a gold mine down in Alabama. And he wanted the church to invest a million dollars in this gold mine. Uh, As I think back on it now, I'm amazing he could have told me the story without laughing. Like, how did he keep a straight face? But he really believed this. He wanted me to bring the money to the table and then we were going to have all of this wealth as a congregation. And I just said, "I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't heard the angels singing about that yet. And I sent him on his way. Four years later, the man's doing time. The very man that was in my office. Get rich quick. Here's the story. Here's the pitch. I said, don't, don't go for it. Don't buy it. Don't, don't believe it. Matter of fact, listen to what Solomon said. Proverbs 13, 11. It's on the screen. So would you read this with me? Dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money, little by little, makes it grow. Little by little. Little by So how are we going to make it grow? We're not going to fall prey to the get rich quick. But what are we going to do? Little by little. Little by little. Little by little. We're gaining wisdom. We're gaining understanding. Little by little. We're, we're managing well. We're stewarding what God's blessed us with. And it's growing 
to the point that we, we come to the place like, wow, so blessed in my life. Why? Little by little. Because the scripture says as we gather little by little, what it grows. And in that, we find the abundance of God's blessing in our lives. I want to give you a little formula for investing that's like guaranteed. And here's the formula. It's really simple. The formula is this. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. I'm only saying what Solomon said. Little by little, right? Little by little, little by little. And it grows. So we have money plus time plus consistency equals well. I mean, if you over a period of time consistently invest, even if it's a small amount, and even even it's even if it's in a a type of investment that's just moderate in return, if you do that over a long period of time, you're going to find yourself one day so blessed that you don't know what to do with all that God's blessed you with. And it's back to what Solomon said, what little by little, little by little. Hey, investing is really not like rocket science. Matter of fact, some teach this principle called the 10-10-80 principle. 10-10-80 principle. So what's the 10-10-80 principle? You're blessed with 100%. You take the first 10% and you honor God with it so he can bless the rest. Right? That's where we start. We honor God with the tithes. The first 10% goes to God. You take the second 10% and you save it little by little. Wealth is gain. Then you have 80% to live on. Listen, if you follow that little formula, the 10, 10, 80 plan over a period of time, you're going to find yourself one day like outrageously blessed. Why? Little by little. Not going after the get rich schemes. You're not rolling the big dice. No, you're just little by little. Consistency over a period of time. And God blesses you in your life. See, when we understand that tomorrow matters, it really will change what we're doing today. And my prayer for you as we wrap this series up, my prayer for you as your pastor is that you would be radical investors. But it's not just about money. Matter of fact, money is really insignificant at the end of the day. My prayer for you as your pastor is that you would be a radical investor and that you would radically invest in your marriage relationship and you would discover the blessing of intimacy as you never have before. My prayer for you is that you would radically invest in your children and you would experience the blessing of dynamic family relationships. My prayer for you is that you would radically invest in friendships and discover the value of a spiritual community of having friends who would lay down their life for you. My prayer for you is that you would radically invest your life in the church to discover then that you are the church and God's working in your life and through your life to bless others. I pray that you would that you would radically invest in your finances. 
taking the very principles we've talked about today and putting them to work in your life so that God can bring abundance in your life. Not so you can just have more. Not so you can just spend more. But so that you can be a blessing to others as God flows His goods through your life. Because what we know, what it's better to give than it is to receive. Amen? Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Tomorrow matters. So Holy Spirit, help us. Help us manage well as we're looking to the future. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the truth of your word. God, I thank you that in your word, you've given us practical, biblical principles that work in the everyday stuff of our lives. Well, we thank you for that this morning. And Lord, my prayer today for my friends here is that we would invest well. Not just in finances, not just in money. But Lord, we would invest well in marriage, that we would invest well in family, that we would invest well in friendships. Because Lord, that's where life is really discovered. But Lord... There is this thing called money that's like everyday stuff in a, of, of our lives. So Holy Spirit, help us as well to live our lives like tomorrow matters. We have strategy, we have plan, we have focus that brings honor to you, that opens the way for you to bring your blessing into our lives. And may we be found faithful like, like the two servants in Matthew 25. May we be found faithful that you can say, wow, I can trust them with even more. I can trust them now with even more. I can trust them now with even more. Wow, they're conduits that I can flow goods through. Holy Spirit, help us to live our lives in that fashion. Help us to make the change that we need to make. May this not just be truth that we hear and walk away from but may it be truth that settles into our minds and transforms how we live holy spirit help us to that ends i pray in jesus name amen for more information on grace covenant church our service times ministry opportunities directions and more visit us at gracecovenant.org